Um, welcome back to another episode of the Mutiny Sports Podcast. Um, we are excited to officially be a like a whole brand podcast uh, as of this week. We are no longer just Mutiny NFL. We are Mutiny Sports Podcast as a brand. Um, and so I am one of your co-hosts. I'm Dante, um, one of your five founders. And uh, I'm joined by another one of our five founders, uh, also a co-host. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Does not Bryant, and I do not catch it. And then we are also joined by our commissioner of the NFL page today. He's our third co-host. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, Josh Wilson. Uh, good to be here. And then we are Josh joined by our Norman. guest this week. Our guest this week is the commissioner of the uh, NASCAR page. We've brought him on this week to discuss um, Daytona coming up as the start of the season gets ready to kick off, as well as kind of recap the clash and uh, talk about how things look for the season going forward. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Rob Niedermeyer. I'm everyone's favorite white trash racing fan. I don't know if I'd say favorite, but white trash definitely knows that one. Yeah, I was going to say, you got the white trash part, <laughs> great. Hey, don't discredit Cole on his birthday. <laughs> I said I said I don't know about favorite, but I said white trash 100%. Um, so this week is going to look a little different. Our pick for the remainder of the time that this podcast runs, hopefully that's a long time, will be across all sports, whatever sports are in season at the time. Um this week, we are discussing, we're picking Daytona 500 picks. We're doing um, a couple of college basketball picks, as well as picking the All-Star game. Um, so we're going to kick it off with, let's go ahead and do the Daytona 500 winner. Um, how how you get a point for this is if you're the driver you pick finishes at least in the top five. Um, and so, Rob, go ahead and pick your winner for this week. We'll start with you since you're the NASCAR commission. All right. Um, that's the racing commission. I'm going to throw a wild card name out there. He's ever so consistent at the plate tracks. I, I think with the Lions with Storkhaus racing, this team gets better. Um, I'm going to have to pick Ryan Priest to win the Daytona 500 just based on the fact of the Rick Ware cars now have an SHR Alliance. And Ryan Priest, even in Subpark before this year, has looked amazing at plate tracks. All righty. Josh, who do you have this week? In the Daytona 500. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. All righty. Des, who do you have? For reason other than just he's really good. I'm also going with with Reddick because, I mean, not only is I'm going biased with this because he's my favorite driver, but um, until his car um, had a malfunction on him at the Clash, he was running hands down the best car. Of that day, of the day, and I think he's just gonna get back out there and um, keep at it this week. Alrighty, I'm gonna throw a wild card out there. I'm gonna go with one of the Bushes. Um, I'm gonna go Kurt Bush. I think he, um, he, uh, I think he puts together a solid race this week, and he and his brother finish both in the top three. <laughs> Ooh! Wow. Okay. I think Kyle. I think Kyle finishes third. Kurt finishes first. And uh, see, Kurt automatically his first race with Jordan just getting the W. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, 
Not that I think Jordan's got it figured out. Not that I think that they've got it um, down over there at 23XI Racing. But um, I just, I genuinely, I look at Kurt Busch and I think he's got the intangibles. He's got the tools to put it together and get a big win this week at Daytona. Our next pick'em, I'll go ahead and start this one since I went last on the last one. Our next game is the NBA All-Star game. And we've got Team LeBron versus Team KD. Um, I'll go ahead and pick this one first. Not that this game really matters to anybody. Um, All-Star games have stopped mattering since 2015 when – or no, 2016 was the last year they did because the Cubs got screwed by it. Best record at baseball, and they didn't get home field advantage for the World Series. Still won. It didn't matter. But um, All-Star games have stopped mattering since they took away home field advantage in the 2017 All-Star game for the MLB, and that was the last All-Star game that mattered for anything, right? Um, it, was, it used to decide World Series home field advantage, but... Um, it's never really mattered in the NFL. Now it's gone to um, best record in, the best record of the two World Series teams will get it. Um, the NFL used to pay players a million dollars each on the winning team. Now they don't get anything, so there's no real desire to play. Um, it's basically touch football and shoulder pads. Uh, and then the NBA game, all-star game hasn't mattered since the late seventies, eighties, early eighties, I believe. Um, and so none of the all-star games actually matter, but my pick for this is team KD. I just like the way it looks top to bottom. LeBron got stuck with the bum, Kevin, or, uh, um, James Harden. And so I think, uh, Team KD looks pretty solid, even if KD's not playing in the All-Star game. It'll be a fun weekend for sure. Um, and then the new format for rules and everything has made, or for scoring and everything, and like how quarters end and stuff has made the game a little more interesting. Um, but it's still going to be an offensive nightmare, so or defensive nightmare. So, But I got Team KD. Des, who do you have in this? I've got Team LeBron just because KD is so dinged up. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I know he's on my team, but I don't trust him to lead a team to victory. Uh, I think doesn't Team LeBron also have Jaw on it? I think it might. I I can't remember who's on whose team, but I, I'm pretty sure LeBron's got Jaw, and then they just announced Jared Allen um, as James Harden's sub, which. James or Jared Allen is a freaking stud in the paint. I think that's enough to. They've got Jared Allen and Giannis. I'm pretty sure, which forgets trying to score in the paint. Yeah, yeah I, I got Team LeBron on that. Josh, who do you have in this? I'm gonna go Team KD just because I don't like LeBron James, <laughs> and I honestly don't even know who's on either team. I wish that they would go back to an East-West format because then at least I could, you know, make a pick based on who's in the uh, conferences. Yeah, I think we need to go back to East-West, and all teams need to wear their own uniform like there are all players need to wear their own jerseys I, I, would like jerseys, that. I don't think the east and west i, I don't i don't support segregation like that <sighs> fucking does fucking does all right does. ja is on kevin durant's team uh, never mind. i'm going to team kd then 
I switched my pick. LeBron, right, so Giannis, and Steph Curry. Nah, bro, John Morant's better than both of them combined. John Morant for the dub. <laughs> We're all going Team Katie. Um, I guarantee you, Rob's about to pick Team LeBron. All right, Rob. Rob, who do you I got? That shit-eating grit, so. I'm going Team LeBron simply because fuck Kevin Durant. Like, I mean, I feel it. That's a whole mood. But, like, at the same time, come on, man. Come on, man. He's going to be fucking dominating. <laughs> Did you just say LeBron's going to be dominating? No, I got LeBron with fucking Youngest and Curry, dude. That's a three-headed monster the All-Star game. No, that's a two-and-a-half-headed monster. LeBron is a shell of who he used to be. He's averaging 30 points a game. Yeah, he's not physical at all. He's hitting mid-range shit. He hasn't been physical at all this season. 28 points a game. He's 30 fucking years old. As somebody who follows the Lakers, I promise you, bud, LeBron has been a bum this year. Yeah, he's putting up points, but it's because the offense completely runs through him. Like, there's – I think it's like 20% of all trips down the court, nobody – LeBron is the only person to touch the ball. 20% of all Lakers trips down court, he is the only person to touch the ball. I mean, he has to play hero ball and he's not doing it. There was a point in his time or point in his career where this would have worked for him, but he's no longer like he's playing with a bunch of old beat up people. And so he's the only option on offense and he's not getting it the same way he used to. LeBron is no longer himself. It seems like the only time AD gets any points is when he gets an offensive board. Yeah. And AD is easily our most physical player. I think it's time to trade LeBron, do what no team has ever been willing to do, trade LeBron, and rob people. You know, rob a team for him. Oh, my Absolute God. Absolute highway robbery. That, because okay, that is, like, the worst take I've ever heard. I'm just going to let you know. Rob, you said that Rutgers was going to be good. I hope he. I hope we trade him to, Kansas, or to New York, to the Knicks, so that he can destroy everything, every chance of hope that your franchise has of a good future. Because I hate Six LeBron for what he did to the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at look at the Cavs. It took them until he came back to rebuild the first time, and then it took them another. He's been with the Lakers four years now. It took him another four years to rebuild the second time, and the Heat struggled for three or four years after he left Miami. Like it, it takes a full rebuild cycle for all of these teams to compete again, because all he does is come in decimate a roster, and then leave. He decimates a roster for one, maybe two titles, and then leaves. He is still the best player of all time. He's not Uh, even top three. He's not even the best Laker. He's not even the best Laker of all time. I mean, doesn't have to be the best Laker of all time, be the best of all time. He's not even top three all time. How the hell does that make any sense? He doesn't have to be the best Laker of all team to be the best of all time. He's not not even the best player to have played for the Lakers. There, Rob, I'll fix the statement for you. He's not even the best player to have played for the Lakers. No, he is not. Is he the best what? Wizard. Jordan? Yes. He's the best player to ever put on a Wizards uniform. But he's not the best player in Wizards history. Correct. No, that'd probably go to prime with the arena. But to 
I don't know. Washed up MJ may have been the best wizard to ever play. LeBron's 38 and averaging almost 30 points a game. I don't care what anyone else Because everybody else on the team sucks. He's having – you know who his competition for points are on that team? Russell Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. (laughs) The man is a bum. He's a $40 million a year bum. Statistically speaking, Tom Brady has a better chance of winning a Super Bowl than Russell Westbrook has at hitting a um, basket. This season? No, ever. At any point. That's embarrassing. Yeah, no, I I just – we've got to stop fantasizing this LeBron idea that he's so great. Like, there was a point in his career where, yes, he was the best player in the league. Like, he was the best player on the planet. But it wasn't a very long point, though. That's the thing. Yes, it was. Oh, his prime, Uh, I'd say probably a good seven years he was the best player ever. I'd say the best player on the face of the earth. Rob, you can – whenever you're ready to quit sucking in LeBron's dick, feel free. All right. Let's move on to the next game because we're still in the pick'em section. We'll discuss this later. Um, Let's go to Michigan State, Illinois. I'm like an Illinois in that Michigan. Uh, I guess I'm going first now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like an Illinois in that. I know, like last time I checked, they're losing to Rutgers, but still Michigan State has looked like shit the last two weeks, and I, I think Illinois is gonna smack them in the face. All right, Josh, who do you have? Uh, I'll go Michigan State. Uh, I just like Michigan State, and I haven't watched much college basketball this year, so. Fair enough. All right, Rob, who do you have in this one? Uh, Give me Michigan State. I That's all I can say. I really haven't watched much college basketball this year. I'm going to have to say the same. I'm going to have to go Michigan State. Um, I understand that Michigan State is in the middle of one of the biggest collapses in school history. Um, they looked like a genuine one seed contender, and now they may not even finish the season ranked top twenty five. Um, they've fallen way off the last week and a half, two weeks. Um, but the thing with Mich- the, the works of Michigan State's favor is it is February, and Illinois historically, like the last four or five seasons, has been awful in February. The um, issue though is like it's February they, and not they just March. Look, yeah, but they Michigan been, State does phenomenal March. Yeah, February but Illinois does abysmal in February. And so I think um uh, Michigan State get pulls this one. I think it's close, but Michigan State should win this one. I'd say by five. Alright, let's go to Tennessee, Arkansas. I'll go first on this one. Um I'm hesitant. To make my pick on this, because as Des knows from the NCAA pick we did with a buddy of ours, with the brand, every time I pick Tennessee, they lose, and they lose badly. Uh, I think they snapped the streak by beating Kentucky the other day, which was nice for me. Um, but at the same time, they're a business every time. Like, I think they're like, they're one in seven when I pick them, which is not good. Um, so I am going to pick a Tennessee. I'm going to probably end up regretting it, but I've got Tennessee in a barn burner winning by a late dagger. I'm going to go by seven. 
does get right. enough. I, I'm biased, so I, I'm going for the Vols. Uh, um, I was at the game last night when we played Kentucky. That team was phenomenal on offense, defense, every every facet of the game. The Vols are good. Um, we're on a, fuck, I think a nine-game um, SEC win streak right now. So I, I think the Vols have caught fire at the right time. and I, I don't think Arkansas is um, going to be able to – I don't think Arkansas is going to be able to keep up with this team. All right, Rob. Who do you have in this game? Give me Tennessee. Fair enough. Is that all you got? I think, I think yeah. they're ranked pretty decently, so that's gonna be the reason why I pick them. Well, it's uh, a um, Tennessee's currently ranked number sixteen, and I think Arkansas is ranked number twenty-three. So, if you're going to make top rankings, it's a fairly close game. Yeah, I think I, I haven't watched much college basketball this year, so I'm just gonna go with Tennessee. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Josh, who do you have to run this final? Uh, I've also got Tennessee here. Um, just, I've watched more of them this year than anybody else, well, except Syracuse, but it's because I always watch Syracuse. So yeah, but I got Tennessee. I just I think they're a good team. All right, we're gonna go on to Memphis and SMU. Rob, you can go first. You've not went first anything yet. What was the game against? Sorry, Memphis SMU. We've got Memphis at fifteen and eight, SMU at eighteen and five. Give me Memphis. I know they're historically a solid basketball school, so that's what I'm going to base it off of. All righty, Josh. Who do you have? Uh, I'm going to go SMU. Uh, I just they've got a better record, and it'd be nice to see a team you know, beat the historic squad like Memphis. I'm going to go Memphis in a stunner here. SMU has by far a better um, program this year than Memphis does. Um, Their records are relatively close, but SMU has some tough, heartbreaking losses against some really good schools in those five losses. Um, And Memphis has looked Rather questionable in a, if quite a few of their wins. Um, some very unconvincing wins for me with Memphis. I, I gotta go, but I've gotta go Memphis here. Um, just because th- this is the time of year where Memphis starts to wake up. Memphis figures it out. They start grinding. They start, um, getting in that tournament push and end up sneaking in every year. And so I've got them in a stunner. I'm going to say it's probably a blowout. I don't think it's remotely close. I'm going to go 15 point or more. Um, Des, who do you have in this one? I hate picking this game because I hate Memphis. I hate it as a city. I hate it as a school. Um, Mississippi, you can come and fucking take it any day now. Um, Sign a fellow Tennessean. But i got to go with them. They've... They beat Houston fairly convincingly the other night. I think Houston only had, that was only Houston's fourth loss in the year. So they're they're playing good basketball right now. Uh, I know SMU's getting the better record, but Memphis is on a little bit of a win streak, and uh, I've got to go Memphis. All right, and we'll wrap up our pick up with Xavier at seventeen and seven versus number twenty four UConn. I'll start this one off. Um, Give me Xavier. Um, UConn is 
having one of their better seasons to date. I mean, we know UConn is at one point was considered a blue blood, right? Like they were perennial contenders for the title. They've kind of dropped off the last four years, but they're starting to put themselves back in that conversation. I don't think they're quite there yet. I think um, Xavier's going to shock them this weekend. It's in UConn, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's in uh, Connecticut. So we're gonna, they're gonna silence uh, UConn's faithful. There will be. Uh, Do they really have a faithful? Like this is women, this is men's basketball, women's basketball. We're talking. That's fair. Um, At one time they did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, they still got a pretty popular basketball, men's basketball following. Their, their men's basketball is still pretty popular. Yeah, but uh, it's, not, I mean, it's not the women's team. No, it's not the women's team by far. But give me Xavier in this. Des, who do you have? Uh, this is another quote, like, tough one to pick. Like, I, I don't like, I hate UConn's women's team because the Lady Balls, but um, there's no real blood with picking them. I've, I want to go to UConn. Simply because the Xavier's been um, super inconsistent this year. Like when that basketball team is on, they can beat anybody in the league. But the issue is they're not on every night. Yeah. So I hesitantly, I'm going UConn. Uh, it, I think it's gonna be it's either gonna be a really close win for UConn or they're gonna get blown out. But I, I've got to go with UConn because I, I don't know which Xavier team is gonna show up. On Saturday night. Fair enough. All right. Rob. Uh, Rob, make a pick. Oh, yeah, Rob, make your pick. Uh, I haven't picked this game yet either. Oh, my bad. Oh, Xavier, just because why not? Fair enough. I'm going with Xavier because uh, I hate UConn going back to the Big East days. Who are you a fan of? Syracuse. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Syracuse can... I live about an hour and a half from the Dome. I'm sure so. you're excited for the end of the Buddy Beheim era. <laughs> I like Buddy Beheim. His, 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 Buddy Beheim is all right, but the only reason he starts on that... Pro- team is because his dad is the head coach. Oh, 100%. I wouldn't say that entirely. I mean, he's a I, pretty damn good player. He was solid in the tournament last year, but he's gone pretty quiet this year. He has. He's been, yes, this God, year. Awful this year. This year he's been down, but. It's been like, it's been hard to watch. Like, I've watched a couple of Syracuse's games. Um, I watched, obviously, North Carolina versus Syracuse. And, uh, it, it was just, I mean, it was painful to watch. It was like watching him be a shell of who he was in the tournament. And, like, but like the problem is he didn't acknowledge the fact that he was no longer his tournament itself. Like, he, he was still trying to find everything he could to jumpstart it and spark it. Right. And, like and all of, get in that group. I would agree and, with that. The only reason that he's had as long of a leash as he's had this year is because his dad's the coach, but... This is a completely separate point we were, we were discussing. <laughs> what did you say, What's that? This is a completely separate point that we were discussing. The game with oh, Connors yes, is Xavier, not even. I mean, it was your We've ended up at Buddy Bayheim. <laughs> <laughs> in a game that he's not even going to be in the same state. Hey, you know what? 
That's all right. Um, all right, let's go into um. The draw pick. I did. I picked. Yeah, Xavier. he did. He picked Xavier. Let's oh, yeah, go into our talking points. I'm going to open this um with kind of a controversial topic. And um Oh, sorry. I spaced out for a second. Um and I'm going to open it with the MLB lockout. And just we're just going to discuss that Briefly here, oh, but still discuss it. And what the best plan of attack is moving forward. The owners. Get rid of the owners. What? Yeah, fuck the owners. Oh, absolutely yeah. fuck the owners. So here's my thoughts on this. Here's my take on this. What do we do moving forward, right? As somebody who played baseball religiously in high school and then th- then went on to play in college for a year um, before I decided to be an idiot and drop out of college because of grades, um... I've seen what I've seen both sides of things. I've seen the really good management of a team make a team better and really poor management of a team make a team worse. Right now, the players and owners are at such odds that no matter what the outcome of this lockout, one side's going to be pissed, right? Whether that's the owners or the players, which is going to create a really toxic environment going into the 2022 season. Here's my proposal. We don't play in 2022. It's going to suck as a fan of baseball because I love baseball. I want nothing more than to watch baseball eight hours a day for the next 162 days. Right? So what, a game and a half? (laughs) Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Watch the Cubs game and then catch the last bit of the ESPN nighttime game. Um, that's the best part of summer is there's ESP, there's baseball on every night in prime time of some sort. There's Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night baseball. Like baseball rules the summer and it's great because it's all there is to watch. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's amazing because you can watch college at 11 a.m. and then you can flip over to MLB at 1 or 1 p.m. and then you can flip over to the ESPN game at 8, 8 p.m. on a Saturday, and your entire day is booked out with baseball. It's great. But the thing is, I don't think it's fair to the players to play this year. Because no matter what happens, the owners are going to be pissed at the players for causing the lockout, for whatever. Whatever reason they have to be mad at the players, they're going to be mad at them. And so... If they don't play this year, the owners lose even more money than they've already lost. Keep in mind that they lost money during 2022 because there were no fans and stuff in stands. And you know what? Fuck the owners. They deserve it because they're all billionaires. Like not a single one of them cannot afford a team. Obviously. Right. Like even the asshole down here in Tampa who keeps saying, I'm too poor to be a big market team. No, you are a billionaire. Spend the money. Make your team great. Win a World Series, create a big market. Because at one point, the Washington Nationals were a small market team, and they won a World Series because they spent big money. Because their owner came in and he said, you know what, I'm going to spend the money. Then they got Rizzo in there, their head coach, or their their GM, and he said... I lost you there. Oh, sorry. Where did What did you guys hear That's last? Right. I heard it, fine. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I heard uh, 
came in and spent money, and then it's like I lost connection for a minute. Oh, well, then their GM, Rizzo, he came in, um, and he said, what's my budget? And then he found the best way to manage that because that's what great baseball teams do. And these owners are saying, we don't have the money to spend on big contracts. We don't have the money to play, pay minor leaguers for spring training. We don't have the money to pay minor leaguers livable wages yet. We're going to expect them to travel the country 250 days of the year and then play fall ball and then winter ball and spring ball and their entire life should be consumed by baseball, but they also should need to have a second job to afford to live. And, and so the players are getting screwed left and right. And, then there's fans that feel bad for the owners. Like, no, the owners right. are billionaires. It's time to come to that realization and understand that. And it's time for these players to say, you know what? We're not playing in 2022. We're going to take the year off. We're going to force the owners to give in to our demands. And we'll talk about 2023, which will suck because you'll learn, you'll lose, lose years of players' careers. But at the same time, it puts into perspective who runs the league because it shouldn't be the owners. It should be the guys that are creating, generating that revenue for the owners. And so, like we talked about last week on the final NFL edition, where when over 75% of your population is a minority and over 75% of the revenue generating entities in your company are minorities, why are we still doing things that hurt minorities? And and that's a lot of what's happening, but we're talking about minor leaguers now instead of minorities, right? Over 75% of all people in major league organizations are minor leaguers, and yet we're still doing things that hurt them, that hurt their ability to continue to play baseball, that hurt their ability to afford to play baseball. And these are guys that you drafted with first overall picks who can't afford to play at the single-A level. And so, um, I don't know. I I just genuinely think that it's time to say we're not having a 2022 season and move on. What are your thoughts? I would still like to see a season, like, as a fan, obviously. But... I mean, you even go at points. I think there will there'll still be a season. I think it's going to be another COVID season, essentially, except for fans. Uh, which, if that's the case, I'm all for because the Dodgers won it in the COVID season. So I'll, I'll take the, those results again. But uh, I don't know. The players definitely need to like make sure that owners know that without them, there is no league. I I am getting aside with the players a thousand percent of the time. You know, they're the guys putting their bodies and their livelihoods out of the line every time they step out on the field. The owners are just being really greedy. Like you can afford to lose a few a few million dollars in these agreements in exchange for the players and like the miners getting paid better, getting better getting better housing, getting better everything. Like these guys in the miners not that I know from experience, but the guys I've talked to from my local minor league team, the one dude was literally living in an apartment with seven other players, and they were all sleeping on air mattresses. Yeah, like, how do you expect somebody to come out and play their best game 
and, and perform the best they can when they're sleeping on an air mattress with right. seven other dudes but in one tiny this, ass apartment. Do you know how much money they get per paycheck? $480 was the average paycheck at my single A team before they got called up to high A. The one player straight up told me that. He goes, dude, without my signing bonus, I'd be eating ramen and peanut butter jelly and sandwiches every day because I get paid $480 every two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I make that in a week on a 32-hour week. Dude, like if I work I 32 that, I hours, that's what I make in a week. I make that in 24 hours at my job. Not that I think athletes should be paid what they are because I do think we grossly overpay entertainment. Like, grossly overpay entertainment. But at the same time, if that is what the market is calling for, you have to meet the market. Right. You have to You have to play to the market. I, I'm sorry that that's how the economy works, but I'm not sorry for billionaires. Like, if you're a billionaire and you expect to be able to pay your employees who've earned you all of those billions less than market value, sell your team. Right. Sell your team. Just be done. Simple I this. agree. It'll suck as a fan to not have baseball this year, but maybe if these owners lose a season or two, then they'll, you know, start to say, hey, we can't do this without the players. Let's give them what they're worth. I'm also hoping for this for slightly greedy reasons because I hope that it hurts revenue bad enough that the Rickets have to sell and the Cubs can get new owners who aren't afraid to spend the money that the Cubs are worth, you know, as well. They bought the Cubs for two point six billion dollars, so I feel like I'm just a little say bit of money right there. It's, it's as simple as this: if a minor leaguer is making a below the poverty line every year, the owner should not be a fucking owner. It, the owner shouldn't be an owner, and the owner must definitely should not be a billionaire. Exactly. Sure. Like, not every MLB team owner owns the minor league teams. At least I know for the one I'm gonna use my team as an example again. I know they're owned by a sub sided group. Like has no relation to the Phillies. The Phillies just use their rights as a thing to be like, oh this is our farm team. Yeah. But at the same time that's your farm team, you know? Yeah. Pay it as if it's your farm team. And I agree right. with the fact that no matter what, if it's your farm team, your own the owner of the big league team should be looking after that team even if he doesn't own it. Absolutely. Right, I agree and completely. Because at some point you're going to be making, like you drafted that guy to send him there. So at yeah, some well, point you're making money off of him. I've seen multiple first-round picks come through Lakewood. I've seen Mickey Moniak, Cornelius Randolph, Chase Sutley, Doc Holliday, like big-time, like, okay, maybe not Randolph, but rest of them, MLB players come through. Yeah. But yet they're still getting paid less than what the average person makes a week. I mean, just take into, like, account – like, look at – um. Well, I'll use the Dodgers for an example here because they are one of the bigger markets. The Dodgers are probably one of the few teams that would not be named in a lawsuit against the MLB right now. Probably not. Because they – are paying players what they're worth. Their minor league system is well compensated, and that's well documented all the way to the bottom. And they aren't afraid to spend more than players are worth market-wise to build a team to win. We're not sitting they're not sitting here messing around with 60-year options and holding a player in the minor leagues till April 15th so that you can get an extra year of um club control 
as the Cubs did with Chris Bryant and got sued for, um, which the league ended up holding it up, and that's because the league is corrupt and the league is 100% controlled by the owners right now. Um, and, and the owners aren't going to go against um, people who literally control them. You know, like they, they aren't going to go against the same policies they continue to use all the time. Um, but it, it just when you look at the Dodgers and you look at the fact that they can comp, like completely compensate, then why are the Yankees the biggest culprit of teams that aren't properly compensating their minor leaguers? Like the Yankees are worth just as much penny or like almost to the penny. They're worth just as much as the Dodgers are. They're worth what? Are they really? Yeah. Um, I think separates the Dodgers from the Yankees in this regards is the fact that of who the owners are. Magic Johnson is a majority owner of the Dodgers. So he understands what it's like from a player's point of view. He's going to do what's right for the players because he's been there. He's been a small guy, or, you know, he's, he's been a, a small guy on a, in a big, uh, pond. Uh, yeah. Like, I know he went, he was a big name coming out of Michigan State, but nonetheless, like, he didn't get legendary status to start his career. No. Thanks. So. I'll say this. I don't know how the Mets are ranked currently, but I feel, I know Steve Cohen said, like, it was a, like a year or two ago when he first took over the team, he was going to try and make the minor leagues a better atmosphere for the Mets players and pay them more and get them better things and all that. Yeah, I don't know where they sit in that whole scheme of things. But I, just, I don't I either, this, but I do know that Steve said he would. I look at this and I'm like, that's your greatest asset as a team. And for the Cubs, like, the biggest thing that confuses me is who who drew – okay, so the Cubs, right, they have a multi-million dollar stadium – or um. Yeah, stadium now. Multi-million dollar ballpark in Wrigley Field that is that's freshly renovated. Giant video board in left center field. Um, all sorts of updates. The clubhouse looks amazing now. It's beautiful, right? On top of it already being a historic ballpark. So do you think that drew more fans to the stadium? Or do you think the fact that Chris Bryant, being the best Cub to ever be drafted, drew more people to the to Cubs game? Bryant. Absolutely, Chris Bryant. So why are we screwing around, holding him in the minor leagues so we can get one more year of club control or we don't have to pay him? Because the clubs are corrupt and they want to get as much money out of these players as they physically can before they trade him or kick him to the curb. And that's where we're wrong as a, like, as a league. And so um, I don't want this to get too long-winded, so I'm kind of going to just kind of wrap up here. But I, I just genuinely think I think the best option moving forward – is to say forget this season and move on. All right. Before I just want to say one more thing, then you could go on to the next topic. All right. All if right. this season happens, I don't. I wish it does as a fan. If it doesn't, I side with the players hundred percent and know why they aren't. But if it happens, and if there's still a thing, go out and support your local minor league team. Absolutely. For there's one. Close like you, what, wherever you live. Ten minutes from us. There is one uh, ten minutes from my house. I can literally see the ballpark yeah. if I look through the trees. They're like ten minutes from our house. The mighty, the Fort Myers Mighty Muscles are. I have Wednesday, I have the uh, blue claws. Uh, yeah, I have uh, the Phillies. The Binghamton uh, Rumble Ponies. I'll yes, sir. Always call them the B Mets, but 
or an but, hour from my house. So. Yeah, I've got like the I've got the smokies like forty five minutes away. So Dante, yeah. you need to come up and see uh, some of your future cubs. I, absolutely, um, but <laughs> just, just get out and support your local minor service. league teams. Support the players because if you can't go support your local college team because they're gonna, a lot yeah. of them are going to be in the pros one either yeah. way. Yeah, local college team, even your local high school teams, your local senior legion teams, whatever. Go yeah. support the small guys. Don't don't spend the money at major league games. Um, I can say this to an extent. Minor league teams, at least I know mine here in Jersey, are always looking for billet families as well for the players who come over from overseas and don't have a place to stay. If you financially could do that, I'd also recommend doing that. Absolutely. Just um, but support your local minor league teams. All right, let's go. All right, so now let's transition to the um, Josh's talking point. Josh, you said you're going to talk about the Super Bowl this week, correct? Yeah, the Super Bowl, and really, I guess, just the playoffs in general. If you throw out that first week where it seemed like it was all blowouts. Uh, this whole super wild card weekend idea right. is, is garbage. We need to go back to six teams making it and um, two buys because super wild card weekend has ruined playoff football. That, right. Like that weekend but, itself I mean, is the Divisional week, the conference championship week, and then the Super Bowl. The only game that was decided by more than three points was the Bills-Chiefs game that was ended on a bullshit touchdown in overtime. <laughs> Not that the touchdown itself was bullshit, but the fact that it was... If the Bills had stopped, the, if the, Bills had stopped the, Chief for, the Chiefs for 13 seconds, it never would have happened? Yeah. Rob, <laughs> I like the hat. Yes, like sir. The Rob's a little confused. He thinks it's a Philly. Uh, no, nah, nah. the Bill, no, nah, the Bills are my second favorite team. My mom loved Buffalo, so I'm sorry. It's fine. No, so it really, it was a fantastic playoffs. Uh, it was a good Super Bowl. That halftime show was fire. I halftime just, show was second best ever. Uh, right behind J Lo and Shakira. Nah, Prince all day. <laughs> J-Lo Jakira's asses, though, are nice. And I don't I don't think that I was going into the halftime show looking forward to one that much since The Who played in 2010. You're really so, aging yourself there, my guy. I know I am. Hey, I was looking forward to that. <laughs> I was only 10 years old. I was, I was 20. Rob, I'm convinced you were born 22 years old. Who, me? Yes. Why is that? I, I just have this feeling you've been the same age your entire existence. Um, <laughs> also the same mental age your entire existence. Four. So what about, what about uh, yeah, that too. Um, yeah, no, the playoffs this year were incredible. I mean, it, it was just, it was fun to be able to enjoy football this year. Um, the Vikings not being in it. Made the quality of the playoffs better, but it made me sad. Right. So, um, <laughs> every every game came down to the end, and yeah. it was overtime or close to it. Yeah, and it was just every single play came down to the the final play of the game. Right, and so being able to watch that as a fan, um, I know I had some friends. We all had some acquaintances that said. 
football. This is the National Mediocrity League for you. But, like, I genuinely don't ex- don't understand how you can look at that and say that was anything other than great this year. It was incredible football all year long. And then to get to the playoffs and get some of the biggest – excuse me, some of the biggest upsets and – wildest games and fourth quarter comebacks and overtime games and Evan McPherson go, looking at the Bills sideline and saying, well, boys, I guess we're going to the AFC championship and then following it up the week later and saying, well, There's boys, I guess we're going to the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, it, it was just everything about this playoffs was drama and excitement. And so I hope we get one that's even remotely that good next year. I, I know we as fans don't deserve it, but it would be incredible. Yeah, and hopefully I, it ends with the uh, Bills, Bills losing to the Titans. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping it ends with the Bills getting the number one pick, not going uh, uh, to lie. Bills losing to the Titans. Hey, if the Vikings get the number one pick, I'll be okay with that, too. Okay, I'm just going to say, I jinx Evan McPherson going 15 for 15. I had a meme made during the Super Bowl that said, the new, your new record holder, <laughs> and it never came true. <laughs> what a piece of shit. <laughs> Did he only kick 15 field goals this year? Or 14 field goals? The playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, he kicked 15 or 14 field goals in the playoffs? That's just PATs, yes. Oh, including PATs, okay. I was like, damn. I, I, just, I can't believe the Bengals offense really sucks this year. What'd you say? I said, I can't believe that Rob hit a meme made and ready to go. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking about it from the start of the game. I'm like, he's guaranteed to get a PAT, right? <laughs> I know. Mean, yeah. I feel like he's guaranteed two PATs. Little thing I know I was wrong. <laughs> Dude, I almost bet the over on that game. I'm sure as hell glad I didn't. Yeah, it was a defensive slugfest. And it, it looked was, early it like they were gonna, the Rams were gonna run away with it, and then OBJ got hurt, and, and even the playing field a little bit again, and then just absolute utter excitement down this stretch. Um, it's just the end of the day. The um, the Bengals proved that you can't win a Super Bowl without no one. Yeah, just getting. I mean, they got eaten up by Aaron Donald, which I, I hate the man as a Steelers fan. But at the same time, you've got to, I mean, that, that explains a lot as to why Aaron Donald won so many defensive player of the years. Because he's just so transcendent. Like, a guy like Aaron Donald, a guy like TJ Watt, a guy like Nick Boza on the field, a guy like Miles Garrett, having one of those four guys on the field just completely changes the layout of a defense. And so Aaron Donald making that impactful play to end the Super Bowl was just so fitting. And so... Uh, if he retires, yeah. it's been great watching him play. If he sticks around for another year, I'll be excited to see it happen. But um, no matter what happens, to be able to say that he put it all on the line in a Super Bowl and he won that Super Bowl for his team, I mean, you'll never be able to take that from him. And so I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Matt Stafford getting that Super Bowl. Um, as a Vikings fan, it was kind of painful to watch a guy that is so likable just suffer in Detroit. And so him getting out and getting that ring in his first year out was just um, incredible. And I'm sure Des can appreciate the 
uh, excitement behind buying a championship because, well, as as we all know, the Dodgers are real good at that. <laughs> uh, not really. They're not, not, not real good at it, but they did a successful job in 2020. We're going to try. Yeah. But but the Rams, I mean, L.A. is literally the city of champions now. The only major sport they haven't won a championship in the last three years is hockey. Gosh. And that's nuts. I mean, college I mean, football, if you want to count that. I'm not going to count college football as a major sport. I'm oh, it definitely pro- is a major sport. I'm taking, talking pro It sports. is a major sport, but when only four teams make the playoffs, it's... He has a point. The man has a point. Uh, that, that's a topic for another day. I, I yeah, yeah, we'll get into that NFL. more in, fact, in the that might, co- my, uh, that might be my topic next week. I will All say... Right. Let's quick touch on the Daytona 500 and then wrap. Let's Rob wants to say something. Hang okay, on. go ahead, Rob. I want to say about the Super Bowl before you be touch on that. Can we give credit to Stafford, Burrow, Weddle, all the guys that clearly got injured and still went back out there? Like, yeah, Weddle playing the final three quarters of that game on a um, to, on a bicep that's torn in two places. Yeah. Then you got Joe Burrow on the spring MCL hobbling, but still putting his best in. And then, um. Stafford on an ankle injury that he had to get taped up severely. Yeah, I mean, guys who just, they wanted that so bad, and there's nothing better Let's than be watching real. a player I think, I think if OBJ could have got a quarter zone shot or something quick, I think he would have been out there himself. Yeah, that, that ACL is just hard to play on, though. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Terrell Owens played on a broken leg in the Super Bowl, so there's no excuses. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but the thing is with that ACL, like with the broken leg, you can stabilize that at least a little bit. The ACL, you can't cut the way you used to be able to, you know? And so... Especially on turf. Especially on turf, and that's the second time he's torn that ACL. Do you think OBJ retires? No. Probably not. I think he gets surgery, and I think he comes back. I don't think he's the guy he is right now, but I think he's still a pretty legitimate wide receiver threat. Um, he's also going to go to Las Vegas, but that's just my opinion. All right, let's touch on the 500 and wrap. All right, let's go to the 500. Um, that's just what we brought on Rob for, just to t- talk about that. Um, first, let's talk quickly, just briefly, um, the clash. I thought it was really cool. Um, it was exciting to see. Um, but let's talk the Daytona 500. What, and then the season going forward, you are our NASCAR admin or our NASCAR commissioner. Just go ahead and give us your thoughts on the Daytona 500 and what the season going ahead is going to look like. Well, obviously it's the Super Bowl of racing, you know, toward the biggest events of the year. Um, it's really anyone's race in my opinion. It doesn't matter if you start in the back or the front. There's always a chance for the wild card to win the 500, but. It's it's Daytona. Odds are someone's gonna have to avoid every single wreck and somehow miraculously hold off like Kyle Bush to win or something. But for the rest of the season I really just see it going about the same as last year. I see Kyle Larson just lighting the world on fire once again. Like there is no other reason why. For the for the guy who's just here to light the world on fire in the five car. I got 22 winning it in 22. I said that about Screw X in 19. And you've, 
19. You might be the only one in America. Hey, Joey Gassigo, my guy. Joey Gassigo. Joey Bag of Donuts. With the Moe's reference. <laughs> I'd love to see Chase win another championship. Oh, you okay, Dante? <laughs> oh, God, Chase Elliott sucks. We're good. <clears throat> We're good. I don't know if we're actually good, but I'm gonna pretend we are. <laughs> Shit. Does what's your uh, take for the season? Uh, no, I don't have a lot to say. I've, I've I'm seen it. I stole the ring NASCAR. <laughs> what did you say, Des? I, I, I just hope everybody has a. I hope all the drivers have a, a fun time because I'm still wearing NASCAR. I don't have a whole lot to say on that. Fair enough. I'm, I, I'm, I know they I'm turn off left, and if they turn right, then they die. Eh. Hey now, hey now, watch it, watch yourself. <laughs> However, there is something as a road course, Josh. They do have to turn right. I know. I live twenty minutes from uh, Watkins Glen. One of the Prime. best ones in the world. Yeah, Watkins Glen. Yep. Hey. You know. What about if they're going the wrong way around the track? Then they should most definitely turn right. <laughs> I mean. That might not be good if all the other cars are going the right way. <laughs> it's called No, X but Games it would mode. make it a hell of a lot more entertaining. That's called uh, take out the if you don't take the fuel out, you die. In fact, I got an idea to get more viewers for NASCAR. If they have half the field going one direction and half the field <laughs> going the other, that would make it entertaining as hell. Screw it, just, just put a figure eight. That's what's supposed to be figure eight in there. You know what? Here's my uh, here's how I or suggest we make NASCAR better. We throw a random old like 1982 Buick in there, pimped out like with like LS swapped Buick, and just show just how fast these. NASCAR or these stock cars are because even if you pimped out a Buick, a 1982 Buick, it wouldn't even get remotely okay. close to these NASCARs. Well, what are you talking? Are you talking like a Regal or are you talking like a Grand National? Nah, we gotta go Buick Regal. The Grand National's faster though. You yeah, gotta we, throw a nine-year-old out there driving the speed oh, absolutely. to make it interesting. <laughs> we'll take 97-year-old Susie from Coconut Palms Retirement Community in Fort Myers, Florida. We'll throw her in a Buick Regal along there, out there with these NASCAR drivers just to make their lives hell. Hey, look the Buick Regal. Put her in a Crown Vic. They thought traffic was tough. Wait, drive with Grandma. Yeah, you think getting in and out of the pits is hard? How about trying to pass this old lady in in a Buick um, Regal that's going 12 under the speed limit and has had her left turn blinker on for the last 45 miles? No, no. I have a real suggestion. How about we just send send them out and, like, what's the busy interstate in Florida, Dante, you always complain about? Let's go to I-4. Put them on I-4 and just let them get stuck in the <laughs> traffic. Whoever makes it to their exit first wins. Yeah, we'll put them on I-4. You have to go a mile in I-4 Disneyland tra- or Disney World traffic. Whoever gets one mile from one mile marker to the next, the fastest wins. 
All right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap for this week. We thank you for joining us for the first episode, official episode of Mutiny Sports. Um, just like as a brand-wide podcast, we're no longer NFL solely. Uh, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook Podcasts will be coming in sometime next month, sometime in March, um, as I get that ironed out for posting um, to make that easier. Right now, we don't have a way to post that from one. So every all of our podcasts are posted from one site, which is RSS, and then they post everything they distribute to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, right? They don't have Facebook podcasts on there right now, which is a problem. So I'm going to try to figure out how to get that solved. But find us wherever you find your podcasts. Um, we will also post this, post a link to our podcast on the Facebook page every week moving forward. We thank you for joining us. We hope to see you all back here next week. Um, th- I think this, this was our best episode yet. Our NASCAR admin, our NASCAR oh, yeah. commissioner, he was our guest this week. Again, I'm joined by Josh Wilson, our NFL commissioner, and Des um, Davidson, one of our um, five founders. I am one of your other founders. I am Dante, who is a founder. I already said that once. Whatever. It's kind this of gay, but it's okay. <laughs> and uh, we thank you, and we'll see you all next time. the beach, and then you drive. Basically. <laughs> <clears throat>